This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Wilson wants it all. Deep ball. Metcalf got it. Touchdown, Seattle. On fourth down, they leave the offense out there and not only get the first down, they deliver a strike to DK Metcalf. It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network. Hanging out with John Jastrzemski today, BetQL Daily on the Radio.com app at 14.30 in Denver. We welcome in a friend of the show to talk about all these rumors going on in the NFL. Eric Eager at PFF underscore Eric, Eric of uh, ProFootballFocus.com, and he co-hosts the PFF Forecast podcast. Uh, Eric, of course, we want to start with uh, Russell Wilson, the uh, the information that we were handed yesterday from Adam Schefter. Uh, but I, I'm wondering this morning if the Rams are kind of living in regret for jumping the market uh, when it seems like Watson will be moved and there's a decent chance that Russell Wilson will go as well. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to sort of think about. Um, you know, at the same time, though, you know, one of the things with the Rams that was always going to be hard was that they were unloading Jared Goff's contract. And, you know, that's why the price for Stafford seems so high. If they were going to try to unload the, the Goff contract, let's say, uh, on Houston, uh, the price for Watson might have been, you know, the, I mean, they don't have that many first-round picks to begin with. Um, and, and it might have been, you know, on the order of four or five. And, you know, that, that to me, I think, might have been why they just decided, look, we're going to go and get Stafford right now uh, as opposed to waiting. But, yeah, it, now that you have two elite quarterbacks presumably on the market, uh, it does look like a little bit of egg is on the Rams' face. And, Eric, I understand that there's this list now of teams that Russell Wilson would accept the trade to. But if you look at the betting odds, they're at minus 2,500. So the sense I get, I'm curious if it's the sense you get. We'll be getting ready for opening week, second week of September. Russell Wilson's going to be back with the Seattle Seahawks. Fair to say? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that the, the problem is, is, you know, the cap is really low this year, $180 million, $185 if we're lucky. Uh, the dead money on Wilson's deal is somewhere around like 35 to 40 um, so, you know, Seattle's not going to want to – Seattle's already a very top-heavy team. They're not going to want to be extremely top-heavy and have one of those pieces no longer with the team. That would spell – I mean, that, that is 3-13 and 13 written all over it. And if there's anything that Pete Carroll hates doing, it's, it's – you know, he, he doesn't like being elite as much as he hates uh, being anything, you know, worse than, say, 9-7. and seven. So Dallas is on the list. What's going to happen with Dak? I, I'm still of the belief that Dak will get something done in Dallas. Um, they're, you know, I, they've dragged it on, I think, a little bit too long. But, you know, I, the the injury with, with his leg, uh, you know, in the middle of the season, uh, I do think 
offers an opportunity for the Cowboys to recoup some of that goodwill that they got, um, you know, that they lost with, with franchise tagging him a season ago. So I, I think he still goes back to Dallas. There's a lot of weapons there. There's obviously the familiarity there. Um, second year under Mike McCarthy. I think there'll be, uh, you know, a fairly good opportunity for Dak to go back to Dallas and have a lot of success. Okay, Eric, it's the million-dollar question this offseason. I'm in New York, so I'm getting tons of calls on it. Joe's in Chicago. Same sort of deal. Everybody's trying to figure out how the Texans are going to navigate Deshaun Watson demanding a trade. And I'm kind of of the belief that, yeah, he wants out. He's disgruntled and disgusted with the organization. But the Texans could basically say, too bad. Uh, You're reporting to camp. You're not getting paid. Do you get a sense he's traded before the draft? Or do you think we're going to see like the Houston Texans draw the line in the sand, drag this out beyond the draft, go into training camp, and then have the threat maybe perhaps of Deshaun Watson holding out for big amounts of money? How do you see this shaking out? Yeah, that's the interesting thing here is that Watson's already been paid a lot of money. So unlike a lot of veterans, you know, in the new CBA, there's extreme you know, uh, fines for sitting out, um, but they, they're they they're less impactful for a guy like Watson who has made uh, a ton of money. Um, but at the same time, you know, I've always been of the belief, if you're Houston, you try your best over the next month to, to patch it up. If the chances are basically zero that you can retain him uh, and, and he'll be willing to play for you, then you trade him because, you know, you look down the road and like, you know, quarterbacks in the 2022 draft don't necessarily look quite as good as the quarterbacks in this draft. You have, you know, depending upon you ask, anywhere from three to five, you know, blue chip quarterbacks in this draft, they'd be silly not to, to lean in. And, and secondarily, I mean, teams like the Jets, teams like even the Jaguars, um, you know, Miami all have multiple first round picks and all have question marks in the quarterback position. You, you know, you could get a huge bounty this one year if you were to trade him to a team with those kind of resources, there's no guarantee that that opportunity will be available, you know, coming up in the next few years. With Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, this is BetQL Daily on the BetQL Audio Network. Uh, it doesn't have to be Watson or Wilson if they do go somewhere, but but give us a starting quarterback that you feel you know the landing spot. It, maybe it's Jimmy G, maybe Sam Darnold. Is there someone that you feel strong about and, and a fit that uh, you see happening? Yeah, you know, the easy, yeah, in hindsight, although we talked about this, you know, in December, so the easy one was Wentz, the Colts with the Reich, you know, and that ended up obviously happening. Um, you know, one that I think is interesting, he is a free agent, he's lesser thought of, although I think he'll have some success here. I think Jameis Winston returns to New Orleans, and I think he's the starter there this year. Um, and I think New Orleans navigates their cap situation by paying Jameis a modest amount of money giving him an opportunity to be their quarterback of the future, uh, you know, a, a, an opportunity that no team gave him in 2020. Um, and that's sort of how they get out of their cap hell post-Drew Brees. New England's fascinating to me because looks like Jimmy G is going back to the San Francisco 49ers. I thought Jimmy G might be, you know, a potential landing spot back in his old home with the Patriots. The Patriots blowing it up, they drafting a quarterback, or is Bill Belichick looking to chase down that Don Shula record and he wants somebody who could help him win right away? What do you think about Ryan Fitzpatrick completing the tour of duty within the AFC East? He played in Buffalo, <laughs> played with the Jets, last couple of years with Miami. 
Can you see Fitz Magic making his way uh, up I-95 to New England? Yeah, I, anything's possible. I mean, it depends upon what New England wants to do. They're, I mean, their big issue the last two seasons, even Brady's last year, um, was that, you know, they don't have any weapons on their team. You know, like the, the, when Jacoby Myers is your number one receiver, Demir Bird's your number two, you're just going to have a difficult time, you know, making things happen. And so even though I think Fitzpatrick is a gamer, I have utmost respect for him. You know, the last few stops where he's had some success, he's had some weapons. He's had Devontae Parker. He's had Mike Gusecki, um, you know, both high-round draft picks. When he was in Tampa, obviously he had Evans. He had Godwin for a minute, uh, moment, too. Um, so that that's kind of where I, I have some concern about Fitzpatrick, who has, I think, high-end. You know, he has middle of the pack to above-average starter potential. Um, but I, I think you have to surround him with some players. And unfortunately, you know, New England, unless they make some significant improvements in the offseason, isn't a place where a quarterback would want to go, uh, you know, uh, given recent history. Eric, we're still nine weeks away from the NFL draft. But uh, the other day, some books started to post some props that uh, you can bet on right now. And there is a lot of movement already. I know in the latest PFF forecast, you were discussing your mock. Uh, how about uh, the quarterbacks that are soon to be rookies? What are the landing spots that you have right now? Yeah, I, I talked about on that show that, you know, I took a Zach Wilson at the second overall pick. I took that at minus 167. I think I, if you look at DraftKings, it's minus 200. You look at FanDuel, it's minus 180. I think that that will continue to trend. There was a time, you know, at this time last week or maybe a little bit earlier where you started to see the implied probability for, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence going number one, you know, cut by about 10%. Uh, there was a lot of Zach Wilson's team last week. Um, you've seen those numbers go back up to where Wilson, you know, or sorry, Lawrence is basically, you know, a lock to go number one. Um, and so that, that second position really is enticing to me. Um, you know, do the Jets keep that pick? I think they probably do. Although if I'm Watson, I really would want to be a New York quarterback. Um, but yeah, I, so I see, I see Wilson sort of going two to the Jets, obviously Lawrence going one to Jacksonville at three is really where the, the interesting part goes. I think if you're Philadelphia, you really do have to think about trading to that third spot to get Justin Fields to compete with Jalen Hurts. Um, and then, you know, anybody's guess on those other two guys, um, you know, try I, in my initial mock, I, I like Trey Lance going to Minnesota. I'm not that high on him, but I think the league is. Uh, so maybe he goes somewhere, maybe like Denver, um, you know, uh, Carolina, somewhere in there. And then Mac Jones, got, uh, Mac Jones could go to New England in the 20s. He could go to San Francisco at 12. Uh, you know, there's a number of places for him. I'd, I'd be interested to see what his over-under is as far as pick position when that comes out. Okay, Eric, who is going to be the number one wide receiver taken in this draft? We know Devontae Smith was the household sensation at Alabama winning a Heisman Trophy. But I think people are sleeping on Jamar Chase and what a dominant force he was at LSU. On a team that had Justin Jefferson, he was the number one receiver on that team. Do you think his size, his talent, makes him the first receiver off the board? Or do people get suckered into that Heisman Trophy narrative? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, Chase is currently the favorite to be the first pick at the position at minus 155. Um, I, I, I endorse that. I have him going fourth. 
you know, when I, when I wrote my mock draft, I don't know how exactly we'll finish, uh, you know, by, by March 1st when we're, when we publish it. But yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, the thing about it is, is, you know, whether it be McCole Hardman or whether it be Henry Ruggs, I think people get like really enticed by these receivers who play secondary and tertiary roles for great college football teams. And to me, I, I'm more enticed by guys who play primary roles for, for, you know, offenses that have a ton of draft picks on them. And, and, and obviously, you know, Je- Justin Jefferson was the rookie of the, should have been the rookie of the year this year. Jamar Chase was the best receiver on that team. Uh, you, you know, obviously Jerry Judy, uh, you know, was, you know, I think the best wide receiver at Alabama at, at, at his time. But then now you're, you're looking and Devontae Smith's going to get drafted. Jalen Waddle's going to get drafted. And, and that, you know, to me speaks, speaks volumes about the player. When a, when a college team has a ton of options and they go to you, that means you're pretty good. At PFF underscore Eric on Twitter. That's Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus. Uh, thanks, Eric. Good stuff. Thanks for having me on, Joe. Have a good one, guys. Yep, you got it. Eric Eager there. You know, I was just looking at his colleague, Austin Gales mock, and that was just posted at PFF, and he has the first four picks being quarterback. You can find that at 9-1. to one. I like that. Take the Dolphins. Yeah. Trade down. Get more assets. There's a Dolphin guy, Joe. I like that a lot. Like it All right, lot. we're good. We're going to go over the NBA card next. This is BetQL Daily, and you are locked into the BetQL Audio Network.